This week in the church here, we have focused on the high priestly office of our Lord. And we hear a beautiful text of that today, taken from the letter to the Hebrews, the fourth chapter, beginning with verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would strengthen our faith through them. Amen. When I was in ninth grade, believe it or not, I was the starting point guard on our basketball team. There were a lot of things I could not do in basketball very well, but one thing I could do was dribble. And we were playing a team. I was going to uh, Lutheran High School over in New Ulm on MLC's campus, and we were playing a local a rival team right from New Ulm. So the gym was packed. And uh, the game was pretty tight near the end. And because of my dribbling ability, I was able to get through a lot of the press that they put on us to try to stop our team. And I was feeling pretty confident. Our team ended up winning the game, and I contributed to that. The other guys on the team were the scorers. I was the ball handler. I felt pretty good about myself after I took my shower and came out into the parking lot. I was going to go back to the dorm with my duffel bag, and all of a sudden I got surrounded by four bigger high school guys from this opposing school and they started yelling at me and swearing at me and got around me. One of them grabbed me, threw me up on the hood of a car. My duffel bag went to the ground and all of a sudden I didn't feel so big and tough. I had zero confidence in my abilities to defend myself. And as they were about to rearrange my face, suddenly another guy happened to come down the walkway who was about the biggest guy on campus. He's about 6'6". And he yelled at them and chased them off. I was very grateful. I was like a quivering little leaf on the hood of that car. It's amazing how quickly our confidence in ourselves in one way can be shaken very quickly and turn quite different. Think about a, think about a soldier at war who has a very high-powered, specialized weapon and as the enemy might be approaching him, feels very confident in what he can do in protecting himself, and then all of a sudden the weapon jams. How different that level of confidence can suddenly be and feel. When you think about times in your life when you've been intimidated, when, when you've had your confidence just suddenly taken away from you, or when you're looking at an event or something that's coming up in your life and you feel a lack of confidence in yourself, what are the things that cause you to lack confidence? What are the things that intimidate us? What are things in your life that, that make you feel that kind of trepidation? It's usually situations where uh, you are intimidated by someone or something that is bigger than you, just like those guys surrounding me in the parking lot. Or it's maybe something that you have to do that you feel unprepared for, maybe something you don't feel equipped to be able to handle that's in front of you. Maybe it's something that's beyond your knowledge. Maybe it's going to take a test and you didn't study for it. That can be 
That can be something that drains our confidence. Or maybe it's, maybe it's being in an environment or someplace where something is completely foreign to you, something you know absolutely nothing about. Or maybe being confronted with somebody who is bigger than you and can be physically intimidating. And there's maybe the potential for you to face harm and physical harm and bodily harm. Now, all of those things that I just mentioned that can cause us to be intimidated and lose confidence, all of those things are present when we think about two things, dying and the judgment seat of God. All of those elements can be found wrapped up in that for us. Things that we un feel unprepared for, we don't know anything about it. Uh, feeling like someone much larger than us and more powerful than us that we have to confront and deal with the potential for physical harm, the potential for, for being harmed in this situation. So thinking about, and this is true for so many people, even Christians, thinking about Judgment Day, is a, it's an intimidating thought. It, it saps our confidence. It can take away uh, any kind of sense of, of feeling proud and ready to go. And what adds even more insecurity in me, I know, is when I think about God's omniscience. You know, I'm, I'm pretty good at being able to manipulate what people think of me in my life. I've gotten pretty good at that. But there's no fool in God. God is the one who's able to know everything about us. Think of that story of Judas when he um, was sitting there watching the woman pouring that very expensive oil on Jesus, probably just days before he went to his death. And Judas makes that statement in the crowd, why, why wasn't this given to the poor? What a nice, nice thought for him to get. And I'm sure people in the room were impressed with that. But the Holy Spirit writes, he said this because he was a thief. You don't fool God. He goes right down through and finds the real motive in someone's heart. And you and I sometimes can have confidence before other people about who we are and how good we are and our morality and things like that but that's not the case when it comes to God. St. Paul says to the Galatians, do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked. And Jesus puts it into context when he says this, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more, people that can physically intimidate you. He says, but I'll show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after the killing of the body has power to throw you into hell. So as much as you and I like me in that parking lot, could feel intimidated by physical harm that could come to us, magnify that over and over when we really consider what could potentially have happened to us before the throne of God. Talk about intimidation. But the text before us, God places this into Scripture and multiple passages like it to give us a different way of looking at that day, at the day you die and the day that you have to stand before God's throne. He gives us this text to take away that intimidation. And he uses the imagery of that high priest, the role of the high priest. Now, among the Jewish people, <clears throat> if you lived in Jerusalem, you probably would occasionally run into the high priest. He might be sitting out at a restaurant. You might see him on the street talking to people. If you went into the temple area, quite frequently he would be in there. You possibly would know his family and maybe his wife and children. This may be a chance now and then you would converse with him. He was very much a part of the people. 
He very much knew the people. And yet, God had appointed this position to be the man that would stand in front of him on behalf of everybody, and especially on that great day of atonement, to stand in front of him and to represent all of those people. And the same is true when we think about our Lord Jesus Christ. He's one of us. He, he ate and talked with people. He conversed with people. And he understands the things that we go through in life. The text says he was tempted in every way, in the same ways that you are. The only difference was he never fell to those sins. But he knows what it's like to live in this world. He understands our struggles and our problems. He lives, lived among us and completely understands our world. And yet at the same time has been established as the one who will stand before God on your behalf on the day of judgment. This is, listen to what John says about him. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So Christ didn't come into this world in order to crush us, in order to destroy us, and to show us how wicked and evil we are. Yeah, we are. Or how, how, how we're going to just die someday. Yeah, we're going to die. But that's not why God sent him into the world, to just teach us all about that. He sent his son into this world not to condemn the world, but to save the world, to save us through him. And all of those things in your future that might intimidate you, it, it gives evidence to why we need someone to stand in front of God on our behalf. And that's why our Lord has come. Listen to our text again. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Let's hold on to this precious faith we have that's going to let us into heaven. He says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Now, I want you to notice one last thing about our text. Okay? Because of Christ and through faith in him, notice the invitation that we're given at the end of this text. God doesn't just say, Come to my throne. Look, look what he says. Let us there come boldly to the throne of grace. It's no longer a throne of intimidation, is it? Because of Christ and his blood, it's a throne of grace. Okay? God's throne in your future, Judgment Day, is a throne of mercy, compassion, love, tenderness. That's what the word grace means. It's not a, not a throne of intimidation. And he invites you not just to come, but to come boldly. The Greek word here means to come without any fear that you're going to have to answer for something. Come boldly to the throne of grace because the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, has cleansed you from every sin you've ever committed in your life. So there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You can approach his throne in your future and you can approach him today at his throne of grace and ask him for anything that you need because of the great high priest who's done his work for you. Amen. Please rise and let us join in our Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory 
forever and ever. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. <laughs>